Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, what is shaking people? You know that sound, the unfiltered bammies. Yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming your way right here and right now. This will officially go down as episode number 214. You can jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution 24 7, 365. You know. How we roll, get over to Twitter, exit, you will get it at Casey Stern, up into the bio. Click on the YouTube channel, watch all the videos, conversations, subscribe, like, comment across the board. And of course, equal opportunists that we are, get us where most of you do. And that's, of course, on the podcast side of things, Apple, Spotify, and everywhere where you can get them. And thank you, Unfiltered Band. We're thankful to have you and all of you who are with us as, uh, today. Going to go a little bit, a step aside from baseball and do a little review here of UFC 294, which if you were a fan of mixed martial arts was a dynamic card in Abu Dhabi, an afternoon card, which are the greatest, easiest for us, uh, certainly here uh, on the state side of things and gave us a lot of mama drama, both inside the octagon and outside of it. We'll get into all of that. You can bet on everything that's inside the octagon, courtesy of our good friends at BetOnline. BetOnline, your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Latest odds, lines, matchup reports for baseball, basketball, boxing, golf, UFC, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to get all your wagers, live betting, favorite casino, and card games. They're all available right from your phone. Head over to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today. Get in on all this action. Remember, though, use the promo code BELIEVE. It's B-L-E-A-V. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It is bet online. Where the game starts is I get started here, and that's with the main event. When you are dealing with a short notice acceptance, whether it's Alexander Volkanovsky, who forget about Alex the Great, the name, forget about pound-for-pound rankings and where he'll be now, maybe at three. But we're talking about one of the greatest fighters of all time and perhaps the greatest featherweight of all time. But regardless of whether you're talking about him or Usman on the card who also was on short notice or any of the greats or anyone, without a full camp in this sport, you don't know what you're going to get And even if you get a shocking result, and even if you get an upset, and even if you get a win from one of those particulars who are in there on short notice, it is not an easy thing to do, and you have no idea what to expect. And it makes these fights difficult because you don't know then at the end. And this is why Islam, when he found out when he accepted this fight, tweeted immediately, for those who didn't see, hey, no excuses, because it is a built-in excuse. It is hard not to make the excuse or to ask the question afterwards, what might have been, what might have happened if Volkanovsky had a full camp, full camp. All of that aside, and all those things we already know being said, what a vicious display and knockout with that head kick from Islam Makachev. We're talking about a dude who right now has anointed himself with this fight, separated himself after a competitive first run going back in February, the first time these two guys connected in the octagon going back to Australia and Perth. We're talking about a guy who's now anointed himself as the pound-for-pound best in the world. Not just best lightweight, but the best. And has continued to further himself away and step outside from that Khabib's shadow, which clearly is difficult to do, And I feel like even though Khabib said, hey, he'll leave the sport and all that other stuff, 
I think part of this and why he doesn't need to be in the corner and why he champions not being in the corner and seeing Islam do what he does is that I don't think he wants Islam to be in his shadow either. But this further separates the two and moves Islam into his own category. Because that was nasty. It was clearly set up. It was clearly, and look, Javier Mendez and that group, very good coaching beyond, obviously, Khabib, who gets all the attention. But that was clearly, <coughs> excuse me, very calculated, still doing this cold, very calculated and was the most compromised we've ever seen Alexander Volkanovsky in the UFC. And on this run, forget compromise. Maybe people forget that Yair was the second coming and, oh, my God, he's so different. And, you know, uh, all the different, uh, you know, ways that he comes at you and the creativity and the style and it's going to give Volk trouble. And look what Yair did to Josh Emmett and all of that. And then Volk waxed him like he didn't belong in the same cage with him. We've never seen Alexander Volkanovsky in that way. Never. I mean, that was crazy. Crazy. When you look at where these two go from here, Islam right now, look, I, I'm with him. Not that I don't want to see Charles Oliveira and Islam go at it again. Not that I don't think it would be a different fight, sort of. Not that I don't think that there is something to Oliveira who sometimes can get complacent and not be in it to win it when he gets in the cage and was that way in the octagon the first time. Not saying there's not something to the fact that Oliveira had a big cut and a nasty cut, and that played into, obviously, the reason why he didn't fight here, albeit why you sparring like six minutes before you get on a plane. I have no idea. I'm not taking any of that away, but I want Gaethje and Islam. Curious in the comments, let me know where you're at as a fan. But I want Gaethje and, and Islam. That fight, Dustin Poirier is a bad dude. You can do that to Poirier. Now we got two guys coming off head kick wins. You got the Gaethje, you know, storyline of, of Khabib and not getting to avenge that, but now as close as you can do it with Islam. Gaethje was in his last, look, Oliveira's still got time, even though he's been around forever where he can wait out the Gaethje and Islam fight and fight the winner, even if he doesn't want to fight another fight. He's got tons of money. He's still got time left. This is Gaethje's last run. This is his last hurrah, his last opportunity to be in this thing, to win this thing in terms of a belt, which is the only thing missing from his storied career. Human highlight, all the finishes, all the bonuses, a, a, whole, a future Hall of Famer for sure. But this is his last chance, and he should get that opportunity, and I think Gaethje and Islam should go at it. The Volk thing is way more interesting from this standpoint. And by the way, I have no problem with Islam going to beat Leon or wants to go fight at welterweight because, you know, obviously, I'm not saying he's a weight bully, but Islam's certainly a big lightweight division, but I don't want to see that until you clear out Gaethje and or Oliveira, maybe both. There's no rush. I get, hey, look, Volk had the chance to go be double champ. This was just him defending. Now I deserve the opportunity. And there's probably a lot to that. His size could play at that weight class. There's a lot to that as well. Do things Khabib didn't do in his career further separate. All of that is fine too. 
wants to break all the records, the things he said about John Jones and the presser, all of that is great too. Wait until you clear out Oliveira and Gaethje for me. Don't wait for me, obviously, but it's my opinion. <clears throat> I want to talk about what Volk said afterwards. I love Alexander Volkanovsky. I love the way that he wants to go back in and get in the octagon. I love the fact that he, he is everything and anything you want in a fighter at the highest level in the fact that he just wants to keep on coming and keep going at it and keep defending, not afraid of anybody, not afraid of any moment, not afraid of any challenge. And I love that. And I think him and Taporia is a great fight. It'll be a great build and a great fight, but it is not a fight they should do in just over a couple of months. Now at this point, it, there is no way. No way in two and a half months sitting there in January, less than that, in January, that Volkanovsky off of that head kick should be getting right back into a camp, forget the cut that's got to heal, so clearly he's not going to be doing everything he needs to do in terms of sparring for a while. But the mental side of it, there's no way to me you get kicked like that, you don't have a concussion. I don't care what protocol you pass. I don't care what you that you can go do a press conference afterwards. And we saw the emotion and the vulnerability. And some of that might play out not just in the fact that he lost, but in the fact that he was concussed. Who knows? That he got his head cracked to that kind of a level from a kick from Makachev, no slouch, pound for pound best in the world right now. I don't want to see this guy go right back in it because there's no reason to go right back in it. That fight not going anywhere. Taporia not going anywhere. That fight is there in February. It's there in March. It's there in April. If you want to do it at 300, it's there wherever you want. And I get that Volk wants to get in there, and we'll get to that in a second. But to me, for his health, you know, there's something in baseball I, I saw happen plenty of times over the course of my career, and that is teams and sometimes other players and sometimes coaches and managers and sometimes agents and sometimes parents getting in the way of players who weren't healthy enough to play, who either needed to retire or needed to have surgery and were trying to avoid it, or whatever the case may be. You have to get in his way. If you're the UFC and Dana White, I, I get you want to appease and acquiesce to Volk. He's a great champion, and certainly I understand that. But you got to get in his way. I don't care what the reasons are. Keep him out of that Toronto card. <coughs> Rumored, I don't know if that's beneficial, but obviously that's where it's supposed to be. In January... And you got to give him another month or two in February or March. I'm sorry. There's no way he should be going right back into things. Absolutely not. But I want to address what he said after the fight because Alexander Volkanovsky, if you didn't see the press, you should go watch. Very emotional, talking about how he, empty he feels when he's not in a fight camp. How empty he feels when he is not training for a fight when he's not in the octagon, when he's not honing his craft, that he needs that. And, you know, he didn't mention the word depression, but talked about a depression in talking around it. And by the way, something that I think is so incredibly great that when guys at that level have the ability to be vulnerable in any way about their own mental health, from the Kevin Loves and DeMar DeRozans and all the way on down to what this did with Volkanovsky for his fans to see that that's okay. Now, I got no, no idea what it's like to be a fighter. I got no idea what it's like to be in the octagon. I don't. But I do understand what he was saying. Because I understand that emptiness. I understand 
living a dream and fighting for a dream and what that becomes and how it consumes you. And I understand what it feels like when suddenly that's gone. And I understand what it feels like when suddenly you don't have that every day to go to and the places that you go to. And I get that and all of that. And it is not easy. Because when you have your life built around something so much so for so long ever since you're a kid, and you don't have to be a fighter like Volk in this case to understand that, and then you don't have that, whether it's for several months, a year, or whatever, if, you know, the time between fights in this case, the difficulty of that and what that is like is hard to explain to somebody else. It's very difficult. So I don't get it as a fighter, but I, it spoke to me and I understand where he's coming from. And I understand the pain that you feel with that. And I understand the difficulty that that presents. It makes everything else in your life incomplete. And you know at the same time it's not as important as family. You know at the same time it's not as important as, you know, he's a parent and has a new child, his kids. He just had another baby. But there's something that is intrinsic. There's something that's it's automatic. There's something that is a connection, a magnet to you <clears throat> because of what that has meant to you that it is very difficult. So that spoke to me, and I appreciate his vulnerability. But there's no way he should get back in the octagon in two and a half months, and the UFC needs to get, get in his way, get him out of his own way, and let it be their fault. You heard him literally, I mean, with vulnerability saying, please, please, emotionally crying, please put me back in there. They can't. They got to wait. Medically, don't clear it. Whatever you got to do, you got to, and, and don't do it for the UFC, which I think would be, you'll get a better version of Volkanovsky, already on the downside of his career at 35, 36 years old. I think it'll be a better fight. I think it's okay to have a longer build with him and Taporia now that we know for sure that's what we're going to get. But do it for him because you got to get him out of his own way. I want to get into the other, the co event on this card. Hamza Chimaev is a beast. I don't know whether or not his cardio is good enough. I don't know if he broke his hand. I don't know what happened after the first round. But we've seen enough of him to know that he is nearly impossible to deal with. Usman, I think, had defended 36 to 37 takedowns in his career. As good as a takedown defense is literally anybody. As good as a wrestling defense is literally anybody. And he took him down four times. And in the first round, made him look like he didn't belong with him. A guy who's one of the best welterweights of all time and a future Hall of Famer in what clearly was a 10-8. But the cardio is a question the rest of the way. If that's a five-round fight, that's a question. If it's in a five-round fight against Strickland, that's a question. And by the way, with all the questions I just said, the other question is, is now DDP into that mix? And is Strickland really, we know obviously he's crapping on and shitting on, you know, Chamaya publicly, and that's just what happens and saying he doesn't deserve it. The UFC wants to build the name. The UFC wants him in there. If he doesn't need a surgery with the hand and he could get back in there, is it definitely Chamaya or does DDP now have a shot? Is he live in this mix because of, what we just saw play out in rounds two and three of that fight, which I scored for Chamaya, but could have easily been a draw. But what I came away in that fight more than anything seeing 
was that Kamaru Usman's not done. I thought after the second Leon Edwards fight that he was finished. I thought mentally checked out, moved on to family and all that stuff, been there, done that in his career, a you know, million defenses, all the stuff he, that he had done, all the, the different rivalries and the emotional rivalries with Masvidal and Covington and everything a couple of times each, right? And all the stuff he'd done, that maybe he's done. But he's not. And he won that. He won me over in that fight again. Coming up a weight class, I get you don't have to cut as much weight, but he's never fought at middleweight before. Only on 11, 12 days notice. You're clearly supposed to be outclassed. Dominated in round one. And the fight and the heart of a champion in rounds two and three was shown by the former champion in rounds two and three. And there was an unbelievable performance by Usman, especially in short notice. I mean, that was an unbelievable performance on short notice. And I don't know if Kamara is going to stay at middleweight, go back down to welterweight. I do think that a fight of him with Wonderboy, if Wonderboy loses to Shavkat, maybe could be something you look at. I don't know if it, you know, it looked like they were going to book Kamara and Bilal before this fight happened. I don't know what happens with Bilal. It looked like he was going to be forced to fight again, even though he's kind of waiting or hoping to wait for the winner of Leon and Colby. Uh, you know, clearly if Colby wins, there's always going to be that open for Usman because of that rivalry and because of the fact that he's beat him twice and Colby continues to go out on every interview over the last number of umpteen years saying since that he's won those fights, which is you know, bananas. One of them was very close, the other not. Excuse me. But I... I don't know what he, you know Kamaro's going to do next or where he'll go from here. But man, that was impressive. The resolve in that fight, that was super impressive. Last thing I want to say about this card. The doctor situation with Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker. Where you've got a situation where, and I think it's very important, it's paramount, especially in fights when you're dealing with the UFC and mixed martial arts and the dangers of it, right? You have to err on the side of caution. You'd rather have a stoppage be too early than too late. Could Aljamain Sterling have gotten an extra second or two after O'Malley had him on the ground and all of that? Maybe, but you'd rather be careful and not get the guy crushed. Did you want to watch Volkanovsky take more shots to the head? So all those things, I, I'm kind of on the air of the side of caution. I think you have to in that sport. You have to. And sometimes it may be too soon. Sometimes you'll never know what if I can give him an extra second. Those things I'm with. But to have a doctor come in, <coughs> a doctor who earlier in the night, I mean, this was like an Angel Hernandez or Joe West scenario of like some ump trying to become popular with some dodo calls and, you know, horseshit appearances. This doctor, earlier in the night you know they say basically one of his testicles is like a grapefruit in the back and this doctor came in and said no you didn't get hit with a low blow everything's cool even though we're listening to the guy scream in agony that was crazy to me but this same doctor goes in there and Johnny Walker and you know sit in, in to see him this doctor asked Johnny Walker in that spot, where are you? And he says, I think he said the desert. And he didn't say Abu Dhabi. 
Have you ever been like in the midst of an adrenaline filled anything? I don't care what it is, right? We could be talking about you're you know, doing something exhilarating from a sporting standpoint. Uh, you know, hide the little kids, uh, sex, I, whatever, whatever comes to mind for you. And if someone were to, in the middle of all of that, ask you a question, you may get six plus five wrong, literally. I mean, no one's asking you questions. Can you imagine the adrenaline in these fights? So yes, where is he? He's in the desert. Yeah, what country he's in? And he didn't answer. Now, did he look confused? He did. But English isn't his first language. Portuguese is. We can't ask him a bunch more questions. We can't sit there and give him a deep breath. We can't have a conversation with him. We're quizzing him in his second language and then asking him where he is. And he said the desert, and it's wrong. You don't think he knows in a cage? Now, I can't guarantee you because I I'm, look, I'm not a doctor and I'm not Johnny Walker, whether or not he's concussed. But that's the that's the level. That's the limit of where we're going. You go into adrenaline filled, exhilarating moments are in your life. Try and comp that to whatever this level must be in the middle of a fight. And then if somebody go ask you, right, who discovered America or any question you want. Who the hell could get any of that right in that spot? What it what that was that was such garbage. Terrible. And you look at it, it's it's egg on the face for the whole card with a no contest that comes out that way. And now what? They're gonna have to run those guys back at some point. But that was crazy with that doctor. Nuts. And then it almost got ugly, obviously, in the octagon. But I just wanted to point out, I mean, God, that was that was horseshit. But great card, 294. Takeaways, Islam, again, pound for pound. I mean, that's the best guy in the world right now. Separating him from the uh, Khabib shadow a little bit. Is he better than Khabib? I don't think so. Is he different? Better striker, for sure. Still got a lot to do. But adding Gaethje to the list certainly wouldn't help. Wouldn't hurt. And I think that's the guy that they should go with next. Volk needs to wait, take some time. The vulnerability showed. Go watch that presser if you didn't see it. I mean, it is, um, that spoke to me. So I appreciate his vulnerability with that. How about Kamara Usman? What a performance. Chamaya probably going to get a title shot, but the gas tank needs to be questioned. And that doctor, I mean, you want to be my latex salesman. Are you kidding me? Uh, you are not kidding me because you're here with me. Comments, questions, anything you got. Bring it on Twitter or X, if you will, or in YouTube in the comments. I'll see you next time on Unfiltered. As always, we are brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.